1: Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life.
0: Hey, Scott. Hi, James. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well still. i doing I'm well. Here.
1: Neither I'm of here. us have gotten
0: haircuts still. Oh, man. My, well, my wife's trimmed up the back a bit. Which is really okay. nice. But uh the yeah, the top is getting a little crazy.
1: A little my crazy. my wife did the same and my friends teeth they they said it looks like I have a bob. So I don't know how that <laughs> <laughs> comes into play if are doing a zoom call and got ridiculed yeah. for it. Oh, so ready man. for the ready for the, the, the barbershop to open again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well anyways. Yeah. If you if you get to the point where you have like the Rachel from Friends, then we'll know we're in trouble. Hopefully yeah, the bar before then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you want to geek out on today?
1: We're going to talk about Roth IRAs, which is one of everyone's favorite subjects, it seems like, and totally. we've all probably heard of them, but I think there's some recap we want to do on what it is, but also some maybe lesser-known provisions about a Roth IRA that are things that are important to know, so you can plan the best way possible with them.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, 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 um, Roth IRAs are a great way for people to save. For a lot of reasons, um, we can certainly dive into that and then, yeah, we can maybe dive into a little bit more on the detail than, than we would have gotten to to this point. Yeah. Do
1: you want to maybe just give a high level overview of what a Roth IRA is just as a starting point in case anyone's not familiar?
0: Yeah. So uh, IRA, individual retirement account, uh, Roth is, a, if I recall, the Senator who helped create it in a tax bill way back in the day. Uh, and. What it does is it allows us to put money away for retirement in an individual account that gets to grow tax-free into the future. And then when we get old enough that we have to take money out, when we do take it out for ourselves, we we don't have to pay taxes on that. So it gets to grow tax-free while we're working toward retirement. And then when we're in retirement, we take out the money and we don't pay taxes on it when we take the funds out. Mm-hmm. that's what it's designed to do. It's a, so it's a, ve- a vehicle to go invest in. And then when while, while we're investing, it gets to grow tax-free like I've already mentioned. And then what is it is, we get to make a contribution to it. Um, contributions happen based upon how, how much we're allowed to put certain amount provisions or amounts in based on the tax code and, and where we're at with things. This year, um, any individual with earned income meaning I actually had a job and I earned a wage, I can Mm -hmm. go put away up to $6,000 in a Roth IRA. And if I'm over the age of 50, I can put away an additional $1,000. So I could put away up to $7,000 into my uh, Roth IRA.
1: Right. And the important thing what you just said is is earned income is what this is based upon. Meaning if you own real estate and you have passive income from real estate, that's great, but it doesn't qualify as earned income. You can't make a Roth contribution with that. Or if you're retired and have pension or social security, that's great, but you can't use that income as a basis for making a Roth IRA contribution.
0: Exactly. And and that, that is an important component. An interesting component there as well is there is no age limit. So if I'm 75 and working and doing great and I, I feel like it, I can go put money in my Roth IRA if I want.
1: Yeah, which is great. And so Roth IRAs, we could go on and on about how beneficial it can be for planning purposes, but I think there's some, some details a lot of people tend to know about Roth IRAs. There's some other details that people tend not to know about Roth IRAs. And so Hmm. I think it'd be helpful if we started walking through a few of those and maybe people know them, maybe they don't because it is helpful to understand that when using a Roth IRA.
0: Yep, yep. So um, one of the first that I'm a, I'm a fan of, and this is why, especially for, you know, we've talked before in other episodes about should you contribute to a Roth IRA or a Roth 401k or a regular IRA mm-hmm. or 401k. One of the reasons I like Roths, um, when you're under, when you, especially when you're younger, cause you're usually earning less, you know, one of the first things you want to do is go start that emergency fund, get a baseline for life going and start saving for your future. What a wonderful place to go save. And one of the lesser known provisions for a lot of people with Roths is that the contributions that you make with your earned income is available for withdrawal anytime. So if I go uh, and I'm, I'm working and everything's going great and I'm, I don't know, maybe my employer doesn't have a 401k plan or uh, you know a a, plan, a retirement plan, um. So long as the I, I earn a certain amount, uh, which the amounts are, I think. What are the amounts? Um, looking off the on the little sheet cheat sheet here. That the I income like, limits. Yeah. So income limits for this year are so long as you earn less than one hundred and twenty-four thousand dollars as an individual, or you earn less than one hundred and ninety-six thousand dollars as a couple, you can make a direct contribution to a Roth IRA. Right. Mm-hmm. So so if I go make a. a $6,000 contribution to my Roth, and, and I'm allowed to do that. I can, two years from now, I could need that money as a, maybe a, an emergency fund to my emergency fund, right? Yeah. I can go and I can pull those funds out if I really need them. Now, ideally, you want to have resiliency in a plan so you don't go touch those funds, but I do like that there is an ability to have access if you really need it.
1: It's, it is nice to know that flexibility is there. If you fall upon hard times or something happens and you look at the emergency fund or something's needed, it is nice to know that you can pull money out and not be taxed on it and not be penalized on it. And one thing I've come across just recently with the, the deadline being, being pushed back to July 15th, uh, some clients reaching out wanting to make sure they get the most they possibly can into their Roth IRAs for 2019. They haven't fully funded it yet. And and the conversation is, okay, well, do do you want to fund it? You also want to make sure that you're taking care of cash flow just with the state of the economy and, and jobs and everything else like that. Well, the nice thing about the Roth IRA is if they want to take a couple thousand or maybe a few thousand from their emergency fund and put it in their Roth IRA, or really just from a separate savings account and put it in a Roth IRA, you could just keep that money in cash. And it's almost like it's your emergency fund, but you fill up your contribution limit for 2019. Or for whatever year you're doing it for. And if you get to a point where you realize, okay, you can replenish your savings with other funds or you don't actually need that money, then you can turn around and you can invest it and you've gotten money in. If not, if a few months go by and you determine that you do need that money, you can just as easily take it right out, and there's no penalty and there's no taxes for doing so, and it just gives you a little more flexibility as you're planning.
0: Yep. Love that. Yeah, so with that,
1: contributions available for withdrawal at any time. Number one, some people know that. I, I find a lot of people don't. So that's that's a great thing to know. Number two, another thing to understand is that there's something called the five-year rule when it comes to Roth IRAs. And for a lot of people, if you're starting young or youngish to making Roth IRA contributions, this doesn't ever really come into play. But there's three components to this. Number one, uh The first provision, if you want to make a Roth IRA contribution, well, we already discussed, that any contributions you can make, you can pull that contribution out at any time. It's just the earnings you can't touch until age 59 and a half. If you do, there's taxes and there's penalties. Well, there's also a five-year rule that you have to qualify for. Meaning, once you put your first dollar in, your first contribution in, you need to wait five years until all contributions, including earnings, are eligible to be withdrawn without taxes or penalties. So if you start early, this doesn't matter. If you're a 30 year old or a 20 year old, and you put money in, well, by the time that you're 59 and a half, you're going to have crossed that five year rule. Yeah. But if you're, say, uh, say you're 58 and you made your first Roth IRA contribution, well, two years later you retire at 60, you've passed the 59 and a half threshold, meaning you're eligible to take out most retirement accounts. But you still need to wait three more years to be able to access any earnings on your Roth IRA contribution.
0: Does that make sense? It does. It does. And actually, that's a good one to tie into um, another component of the five-year rule, which is um, because as you just said, for younger people, it's not necessarily going to be as important for that earnings component. Um, Where it does tie in is what you just said of of someone who's near retirement. And then it would also apply for those, say that um, someone just started it, maybe like your your dad started it um, two, three years ago and then sadly, suddenly passes away, and you inherit his Roth IRA, well, the five-year rule still applies mm-hmm. on that IRA. So until that those funds have been in there for that five-year period, um, a beneficiary would run into the same issues that a near-retiree would. Right.
1: And, and to be clear, they could still take the contributions out because that first provision still applies, but you're exactly right. The earnings are locked up until... I shouldn't say the earnings are locked up. The earnings are just taxable and you pay a penalty if you take those out too within the first five years of yeah. the first contribution.
0: Absolutely.
1: And then the third part of this is, has to do with Roth conversions. So what a Roth conversion is, is if you have money in a, in a traditional IRA and you convert it to your Roth IRA, you pay taxes on the amount that you convert based upon whatever your tax bracket is for that year. And it's done oftentimes the first few years of retirement. I'll see it done a lot of people converting money from IRAs to Roth IRAs, which can be a great strategy. But one thing people need to be mindful of is every conversion, it has its own separate five-year clock that it starts. Right. So if you convert $20,000, for example, at age 60, you can't fully touch that 20000 plus its earnings until you're 65. If you do another twenty thousand at age sixty-one, well, you can't fully touch that twenty thousand plus its earnings until age sixty-six. And so, whereas the contributions, one, the first contribution sets the clock for the entirety of your contributions of your lifetime. Once you hit that box is checked, you're good to go. Roth conversions each have their own separate timeline, their own separate five-year clock that they, uh, that, they that need to be accounted for. Yep, so absolutely. that's. Five- year rule just something to be be careful of uh, for a lot of people this will never even really matter but for a lot of people, especially people doing good careful planning the the five-year rule is something to be th- that you need to be aware of to make sure you're not violating anything and paying unwanted taxes or penalties
0: yeah we're a big fan of avoiding unwanted penalties and taxes
1: yeah big big fans yeah <laughs> what's the third provision the the, the third lesser-known provision that we're going to talk about today.
0: Uh, back to a Roth conversion.
1: Back to a Roth conversion. What's
0: that? So what that is? Imagine. So we've mentioned before that you could contribute uh, in your Roth IRA account, but only up to certain income provisions, right? right. And if you earned more than that, you were no, you were you're kind of phased out. You're no longer allowed to make a Roth contribution. Mm-hmm. Did I, did I explain that clearly? So imagine, so like if I'm earning $6,000, if I'm earning $6,000 a year, let's say that I'm earning, uh, I'm single and I am earning $120,000 a year is my, my AGI. Well, I, I can go make a Roth contribution of $6,000. I'm allowed to do that all day long. But if I do really well at my job and I go get a raise, a big raise, and now I make $150,000, well, the tax code says I'm not allowed to make that Roth contribution anymore. Uh, but you can. There's a way to do it, uh, and it's uh, sometimes can be called a two-step uh, <clears throat> contribution or, or back to a Roth conversion. Is uh, contributions what we'll we'll call it sometimes as well. Mm-hmm. And here's how how it works. So there's a couple of components that you have to be careful with. But if uh, let's imagine that I'm so I'm I'm working my, my nine to five job salaried employee. I have a 401k. I'm doing all the things I want to do there. And I have my Roth IRA and I don't have any other retirement accounts. Mm -hmm. So I go and I open up an IRA account where my Roth is, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. have any money in it. And I can go make a non-deductible contribution to my IRA. So I make a contribution that says, Hey, I already paid taxes on this money. I want to go put it in my account, my IRA account. And I go and do that. And then after I do that, i sign one other form with that custodian that says, hey, I want to take that money and I want to convert it into my Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. So I essentially do a, a Roth conversion like you were just describing. Some people might do as a retiree earlier. I'm doing it when I'm younger. I've already paid taxes on the contribution amount. So there's no taxes owed when I do that. Big important component there. That's because I don't have any other IRA assets. No SEP, no SIMPLE. No rollover IRA with money in it, everything else is in that qualified 401k plan I was talking about before, so that allows me to do a roth conversion um, if my income's too high
1: mm-hmm. yeah and and that's that's helpful enough because we see these numbers of okay, if I'm single and if I make over one hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars, I can't contribute to a roth. okay, if I'm married and make over two hundred and six thousand dollars, I can't contribute to a roth, but we all know how important to roth IRA it can be. This opens up. Uh, another avenue to be able to make Roth contributions, not directly, but through a backdoor or two-step Roth conversion. There's also something called a mega backdoor Roth contribution, which is done through a 401k. If uh, if your employer offers an after-tax 401k component, we won't get into the details of that, but just know that it exists and you can get significant amounts of money into Roth IRAs, but you need to be uh, with an employer that offers something or that offers the 401k provisions that allow that
0: yeah and that's one that's worth looking into if you have a lot of excess income right because we we don't have to go deep deep dive into that one but the rules for a 401k are the max you can put away in a 401k in total in any year you and your employer combines fifty seven thousand dollars. you can put away 19 and a half as yourself and there's catch-up provisions we're not going to go geek out on that but that difference between the two you could technically be doing after-tax contributions. And if they allow in-service Roth conversions, you can be really doing a big um, Roth conversion every year and building lots of after-tax money for you for retirement. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Maybe we'll do an episode one, one time, just on Roth conversions and even mega backdoor Roth conversions. Uh, but without getting too detailed, they can be incredible tools. Just know that they exist. If you don't already know that.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Uh, fourth detail that people should know is there's no RMD. There's no required minimum distribution from Roth IRAs. So if you have a, full, a traditional 401k or if you have a traditional IRA, when you make that contribution, that money is tax deferred. So the IRS okay. says, uh, Scott, you make a contribution to your 401k, you don't owe any money on that. It's a way that you can save money on taxes today and begin saving for your retirement. But they don't allow you to not pay taxes on that forever. At some point, okay. Now it's age 72. They're going to say, "Okay, Scott, you're going to be forced to start taking out portions of your 401k a little bit at a time each year, starting at age 72 and all the way for as long as you live. Mm -hmm. So with an IRA, you, you have an asset and it's going to be forced to be withdrawn, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it can create some unwanted taxes down the road. Whereas if all of your money is in Roth IRAs or at least whatever portion of your money is in Roth IRAs as opposed to traditional IRAs there is no required distribution on that. You've already paid your taxes, there's no taxes on withdrawals, so the IRS doesn't necessarily care so much year to year if you're pulling money out of that or not. The only caveat with that is if you inherit a Roth IRA, you do have required minimum distributions on the inherited Roth IRA. But if it's your own, or if you inherit it from a spouse, uh, there are no required minimum distributions, which can be nice in terms of how you plan out your retirement income for the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Pretty Um, straightforward there. Yeah, I think you nailed that one. Uh, The other thing is, um, you know, we did mention earned income before, uh, but another thing to remember is spousal IRAs are allowed. So long as one of you has earned income. Mm -hmm. So there are those rules of, of uh, you have enough, what are the earned income thresholds to make a contribution? Uh, you could also look to perhaps do those backdoor Roth conversions if you're above them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can you can both be contributing to a Roth. It doesn't have to be you don't both have to have a nine to five job to make that happen. Yes. Yes. That's that
1: is a good point. Uh, and pretty straightforward, but again, it's just something that in all the details of Roth IRAs and planning and investments, sometimes these simple things just are are lost upon us. So a simple but good reminder. And then along with that, the uh, the final kind of lesser known provision we'll talk about today is Roth IRAs for children. I think by the time that the parents or grandparents see how powerful Roth IRAs can be and how much tax-free income it can create for them, the first response is, oh my gosh, how do I do this for my child who's eight years old or who's 10 years old or who is however old? And they see what compounding can do. And they say, okay, well, how old do you need to be to make a, a Roth IRA for a child? And the answer is there's no age limit. You could open one for a child who's who's two years old. The only thing is that child has to have earned income, and most two year olds are going to struggle to have earned income. So yeah. this is something that is is very available. There's no restriction on can children have Roth IRAs? They certainly can, but they do need to have earned income. So if your child's doing that, great. Get them get them set up the Roth IRA, start making contributions, but otherwise. They won't be eligible for that.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think there's there's interesting opportunities for small business owners there when their kids are old enough to be doing real work that you can make. That, you know, you can you can actually pay them for. Um, mm-hmm. if you could pay them and get them to not go spend that money, but instead go put it in that Roth right away. Um, wow, would that be impactful for them in their future? Right.
1: right. Yeah. Yeah, so those are just obviously there's there's uh, tons of details that we could go into, but those six I think are lesser known details, or lesser known provisions that are helpful again with planning for planning purposes as people are opening and
0: contributing to Roth IRAs. Mm-hmm.
1: So that that's all I wanted to make sure we got through. Did you have any closing thoughts in addition to that?
0: No, just uh, if if you can't, you always want to be saving right to for your future. It's all about survival and, and survive and thrive. So uh, a Roth is a wonderful place to look to help yeah. you on your own journey.
1: That's right. Well, very good. Well, next time we see each other, hopefully maybe we have haircuts. But yeah, if not, we'll keep rocking.
0: I just can't wait to do these in person again. <laughs> I get way more energy about you being in the room than, than, uh, than on Zoom. So.
1: Than the Zoom call. Well, we're doing Before what we can. that day. But- Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website. There's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question that Scott and I will answer on a future episode. Thank you again for listening. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.